Hey there, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley, a podcast about making things up and making things happen. Uh, I talk to a different creative professional each week about how they do their thing and why and what keeps them going. And this week, I'm happy to be talking to the screenwriter of the new movie Cake, starring Jennifer Aniston. His name is Patrick Tobin, and I didn't know him before we did the interview, but I liked the movie so much that I sort of hunted him down. So... I'll tell you a little bit more about that story. But first, a little bit of housekeeping. If this is your first time listening to this, I hope you subscribe. And if it's not, but you haven't subscribed, please subscribe on iTunes. That's awesome. And since it's the holiday season, there's a number of ways you can help me out. You could write a review on iTunes. That always helps people find the podcast. You can like Dennis Anyone on Facebook. You can take my audience poll. I know I've been belaboring it so much. But it's the thing that's going to help me get advertisers. And it's on DennisAnyone.net. It just asks you a few questions about your podcast listening habits. And, you know, you just answer it and it helps. So thank you. Um, you can also follow me on Twitter at Hensley Dennis. And um, I'm also on Instagram, Dennis C. Hensley on Instagram. All right, Patrick Tobin, here's the story. Um, my friend Glenn and I went to see a screening of the movie Cake. And afterwards, Jennifer Aniston and the director, I believe his name is Daniel Barnes, if I'm not mistaken, uh, spoke about the movie. And the director said that he came up on the screenplay when he was judging a screenwriting competition. And, you know, there are a lot of different screenwriting competitions out there. And if you're a writer, you're always thinking, is it a good idea? Is it, do you win anything? Is it, you know, am I throwing my money away? Whatever. Well, I was so heartened to hear that a writer that didn't have a lot of Hollywood connections entered a screenplay in this contest. One of the judges decided that it was great and wanted to make it. And the next thing you know, they're on the set with Jennifer Aniston starring. And now she's got a Golden Globe and a SAG nomination. And I think she's so good in the movie. So I was like, I would love to talk to that guy about this sort of Cinderella ride that he must be on right now. So we had a common friend on Facebook. I reached out and um, lo and behold, it happened. So please enjoy Patrick Tobin and go see the movie Cake when it comes to your town. It's really good. It's not as bleak as the synopsis may seem. It's actually got a lot of humor and it was surprising and lovely and one of my favorite movies of the year. All right, enjoy. All right, I am here with Patrick Tobin. He is the screenwriter of the new movie Cake, starring Jennifer Aniston, which is getting all kinds of award show buzz. Um, we're here in my friend Glenn Gaylord's apartment in West Hollywood because it's very central. You were running around doing meetings today. I was. And I was in the Valley, and then we're going to a screening. And actually, Glenn and I saw the movie together and loved it. So it makes sense. It's a good oh, place to be. This is excellent. Good vibes. Good vibes? You feel good vibes in here? You'll, you'll definitely feel good vibes. And I went to a screening, Glenn and I, and they had a Q&A afterwards with Jennifer Aniston and the director, Daniel Barnes. Right. And Daniel told the story about how he came up on the screenplay and that he was judging a screenwriting contest. Is right. that right? So, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a Cinderella story. So I had um, I had written Cake about, finished it about two years ago and started entering um, contests. And I entered anything. Like I would enter like anything with a P.O. box in El Paso, like the International Texas Screenwriting Competition. And um, eventually started entering better contests and Cine Story, which is a local competition. Right. Uh, Daniel won that in the late 90s. So he was one of the as first. As a writer. As a writer, yeah. And he's a terrific writer. He wrote um, Phoebe in Wonderland, which is a great movie. Um, anyway. On my Netflix queue, like I so <laughs> did my, I went home and I did all my homework and I'm like, okay, I got to see that. And yeah. Yeah. He, and uh, so Daniel was one of the judges and I, uh, he called me and I thought it was a prank call actually. He called um, you before anything had been announced. Uh, like I knew any, I had won it. Oh, you had won it. Okay. Um, and then he called afterwards and he said, you know, he was, he was talking and I thought, oh, you know, I thought this was one of my friends, you know, punking me. But it turned out that he had read it and just really responded to it. And he said, you know, what are you doing with it? Like, I had all these options or, you know, it was being courted around. Oh, my God. So we met. Uh, he and his husband, Ben, who is um, his producing partner. Great. Delightful people. And we met. And it was just kind of like love at first sight. We just clicked and uh, started this journey. And that was like a year and two months ago. Not that long ago. No. So when he told the story, I it was so heartened by it because... As a writer, you struggle to get people to care, to pay attention, and you feel like it's all who you know, and mm -hmm. 
all that stuff. And that somebody read something in a contest. And I was like, I got to find out about this guy. Because the story gave me and probably every writer that hears it hope. I, I hope so. I mean, Yes, it, it, totally it, does. And so I went on Facebook and it turns out we know a friend in common and I reached right. out and here we are. Oh, so. well, that's, so yeah, I mean, I, you know, I am not young. I'm going to be 50 next year. And I was working in marketing at a, at a civil engineering company. So, right. So, you know, and I enjoyed my job. I worked with nice people. And on the weekends I was sort of, you know, tinker around, like, uh, do some writing. And I was doing short stories and essays and, you know, no one was, there was no incentive. Like, short stories, I think I sold, like, I made $500 total. Right. And, you know, and as far as Hollywood's concerned, you know, I had no connections, really. And there was no reason. I mean, my husband supported me and my family and my friends. But if I had decided at any point to just give it up, all of them, you know, it wouldn't have been a tragedy. Like, you right. know, it wouldn't have been, oh, my God, a talent, a voice of our generation. Right. Um, when you say supported you, he meant emotionally and, like, he Yeah, and he'd be like, oh, this, right. you know, this story But you still had your other job. That's I still had yeah, my other yeah, job. Yeah. And then, uh, like I said, about two years ago, I sort of finished. Uh, Cake was originally a short story. Right, I read it. Oh, did it's you? So, yeah, I read it oh. online. I didn't get to read any of your others yet, but oh, I'm yeah. going to dive into them. Oh, cool. Because your writing is so e- economical and surprising and human and sharp and a little edgy and and i was surprised how much it's like the movie that was a really hard thing to do um, i am surprised i I, like i remember that scene oh he took that one line and that that became a whole scene it was really interesting yeah anyway talk about well so i it was cake was published and um dave eggers who is a a great novelist and a heartbreaking work of staggering genius genius, he is very prolific amazing sexy (laughs) Oh my God, yes. And he, I feel like, he, people like that, I feel like they don't masturbate. <laughs> or they don't know about X-Tube or whatever. You know what I mean? Those things that keep me yeah. from living up to my potential. Right, just he's don't, not like, you know, yeah. sitting around watching, uh, you know, Real Housewives. He doesn't get Bravo. He, he, doesn't, doesn't get he doesn't Bravo. get Bravo at all. Yeah. Like he's on, you know, JetBlue and he, no. doesn't, he doesn't turn to Bravo. No. Like, he doesn't even know who Andy Cohen is or any of He has no idea who Nene Leakes is either. <laughs> so anyway. So Dave Eggers. So he has, every year he has an anthology called um, Best American Non-Required. Right. And so it was selected for that year. Cake was. Cake was. And it kind of had a little life of its own. Like um, some English teachers contacted me. They teach it in their class. Um, So there were little, you know, I would get like one fan email maybe every three months. Nice. Um, And that was very encouraging. And then I heard the story read at at a reading. Uh, Beverly Hills Library used to have this um, series where actors would read short stories. Right. And this woman read Cake, and the audience was just kind of riveted. And after that, I thought, well, I'll, this will be a movie. I'll make a movie out of yeah. it. Yeah. And I was very naive. I thought, I'll just sit down and just adapt the short story. And the first scene in the story is the same in the movie. The, yeah. The support group. And then after that, there was nothing. It was all like... Then the, you didn't know what to do. I didn't know what the hell was going to happen. Had you ever written a screenplay before? I had, actually. Okay. I had a movie um, produced in the mid-90s that didn't get distribution, so... But you had gone to film school. I did. I went to USC. Right. And what was the movie called? No Easy Way. Okay. So you you it wasn't that the format was new to you. It was just like you just I'd couldn't figure out. out how to... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, after the movie came out and didn't get... Re- or was finished and didn't get released um i did a couple of things i worked for alan carr on a couple of projects oh shit okay <laughs> and you're gonna love this so. I, I mean, we're gonna get back we're gonna we're circling back to alan carr you're gonna love that story. okay um so i just gave up on hollywood like i yeah. thought it's not gonna happen um so i came back i thought i'll write the script um the first draft i think was unreadable um i was more worried about plot and not the voice and then I just kept going back and, you know, getting into that main character, Claire. And once I just sort of stopped worrying about the plot, it became, I mean, not easy, but it was a little more freeing. Like, yeah. And, you know, after the support group, she goes home and then it was like, well, what happens? And I just sort of let it, let it evolve. Um, How long did it take you from your decision to start writing it as a film to, to having a draft that you felt good about? I'd say at least a year. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about the story. It's about a woman named Claire who suffers from chronic pain. Um, and we don't quite know why when the movie starts, and we eventually find out why. Um, what else do you say to people without trying to spoil too much? <laughs> it's the hardest movie to describe because right. you, t- you say that and people's eyes glaze over. They're well, like, you read about, I'm like, Jennifer Aniston in a movie about a woman <laughs> who suffers with chronic pain. I thought, this sounds bleak. Right. And, but you started hearing good things about it. 
I got an email to go to a screening, and I have a friend who's obsessed with Jennifer Aniston. Obsessed. Oh, great. The, the, it was at the American Cinematheque. Okay. So I wasn't free that night, but I forwarded him the email, and I said, I thought you might want to know, and he goes, oh, thank you. He's going to have his Jen moment. So he <laughs> emailed me afterwards and said he really loved it, and she's great. And so I ended up going to a screening the next night after that with um, Glenn. But what I loved about it is that it isn't bleak. It has real human humor in it, but you... But it's not dishonest. It feels like the oh, truth. Fine. It doesn't feel... And I love the way it looked. I loved, Rachel Morrison is incredible. I talented. love the way it looked. It didn't yeah. feel glamorous and phony, but it was beautiful to look at. Mm-hmm. And people are always talking about... Do you love how I invited you on here and I'm just going to talk for 45 minutes? <laughs> Dennis, are always, you can. I, they were always talking about Jennifer Aniston goes without makeup or whatever. I, know. I never thought she looked bad or anything. Because no. the movie looks... is not... That Sundance awful grunge thing right. to look at. It's right. something else. Um, and it feels true, and it had humor, and it was surprising. And I love the way you doled out your information. Oh, I, thank you. You know, what, you're wondering, what does she do for a living? And then you find out when you're supposed to find out. What really happened? Why is she in pain? And you find out when you're supposed to find out. Right. I think the temptation to, like, they need to know all this stuff. Right. That's something, as a writer, you kind of have to fight against. And I was lucky because I think... You know, uh, when I was writing it, I definitely prefer to... I like mystery and things. I yeah. like. I don't need to, you know... I mean, quite honestly, I loved Lost. I didn't really need the last season at all. If it had yeah. just ended, I would have been fine. You would have been fine with that. So I'm probably more on the other side of mystery. But Daniel and actually Jen and the producers and everybody felt the same way. I mean, they, I think with other people, there would have been that temptation. Oh, we have to have the scene of the memory of the accident. I mean, there's little hints of it, but it's right. not... There's not a big emotional revelatory scene. Right. Or also just something simple like, okay, she has a nice house. Is Was she married to money? Where does, you know, do we need to know that right away? Or people are going to think she's just a, uh, you know, doesn't work for a living or whatever. But then you find out whatever, you know, like it comes when it's supposed to come. But those are your instincts and they were supported by the team. Absolutely. I mean, it was, and in fact, um, when Jen, so I did a draft with Ben and Daniel and then that's the one that went out to, to Jen. And then they sent it to her first. Uh, First of all, I love that she's Jen. (laughs) I know. I I still have, I'm uncomfortable saying that actually. I feel like I should say Jennifer, but I want her to get an Oscar nomination so bad. And I follow, you do. Not just for that reason. That was just me being bitchy on Twitter. Just because it would be Jen and Angelina would be in the same room together. But amazing. But also because she's so good in it. And Jennifer, ever since Friends, I I would watch her on Friends and think, she can find three moments in one line. Mm -hmm. She can find three things. And she does the same thing here with comedy and drama. Like, it's not the funny stuff that she does so great or the tragic stuff. It's all that middle shit right. where it's all mixed up together. She has a million things going on at once, and that's what I love about her performance. I, she did an amazing job. And when, when Daniel and Ben said that they had given it to her, I mean, I was I was so excited because I, I loved her in Good Girl. Yeah. And I loved her in Friends with Money. I yeah. thought there's, like, so many moments in Friends with Money that are just amazing. You know, she's playing kind of a depressed character. Right. Whose life is, you know completely uh going nowhere but there's like moments especially with the rich guy that she cleans his house and yeah. um i think i i said this to somebody or wrote it like she did compassion in a way that i felt was very believable right um it wasn't preachy or phony yeah She's, she finds that truth I think, was she easily. the first person they went out to with it or was there a list of other people or well i know i mean anytime you cast a movie there's sort of like a list of, yeah you know you say, who are the people that could play this? Right. Um, but very quickly, you know, uh, Daniel and I are both with WME. Yeah. And I think they reached out to CA fairly quickly. Um, right. I know there was a lot of support from it for, for both agencies, which I think is, I don't know if that's unusual, but yeah. I think it was, it was a very good thing. And I think, you know, everybody, once the decision was made, everybody got on board with it. Yeah. Um, to, you know, I mean, you these are huge stars you're approaching. I mean, yeah. we didn't have any idea, like, if she would like it or not. Or... Right. So, let's back up a little bit. You you win the screenplay contest. He calls you. So then you end up with an agent soon after that, right? Yes. Because that's his... a huge hurdle for any writer. Oh, it's, it's, it's... I have I... a weird block about them. <laughs> I've decided that I don't... They don't like me and I don't get them. But if I write something like you did, right. then they're heat seekers. They, then I will... 
then something can happen right. in that area. But it's my job to do the creating thing first. Right. No, it's um, it, and it's interesting because before the contest, I mean, I would say I was entering contests for a year, and then there was like a year before I won, and then Daniel found it. Like I would approach some management management companies or agents, and you know, and it's hard. Cake's logline is not sexy. It's like you know, woman with chronic pain, obsessed with the suicide, and I'm sorry, just not. No, that's okay. We'll spit it right around. That's the mic. It's all good. Yeah. Um, and you know, I would get very polite rejections. You do, you know, you approach them through their website, and I'm do sure, you feel like they would read it? Um, you know, I don't. None of them. And do. you would approach it through your website. You didn't know anybody. No, I didn't. Because was... I've had that thing where they'll have lunch with you as a favor to a friend, right? And you're trying to sell yourself, and they're soul crushing meetings <laughs> because they're not. They're. It's never fucking going to happen. Right. So anyway. and you know by like the. The second iced tea, that it's just... It's, yes! Yeah, like, uh, it's so funny you say the second iced tea, because there's one project I'm trying to develop, and I was saying to a friend, I was like, all I want is a meeting and a bottle of water. Like, if I can get a bottle of water in one of those meetings, right. I'll feel like I... I got something. I got through something that feels insurmountable. Yeah. Do you like how this has turned into a therapy <laughs> session? It's okay. We can t- it's, um, it's awful, though. I mean, it's, it's awful not because agents are bad or managers. I think, you know, what we've sort of been talking about is this, like, accessibility you know and there there are these gates that are almost insurmountable if you don't know someone or you know in my case i won this contest but but i didn't think that would happen from winning the contest i don't so from what was the step between winning the contest and getting representation uh so daniel called me said i love the project we met it was a love love fest and then um and then about a few weeks later uh oh we did a rewrite together and that was great and then he gave it to his agents, and then I got this call to go in and meet his agents. And I didn't know what it was about. I thought, I don't know, I was like, are, are they going to, like, yell at me? Or, you know, I didn't know what it was. Like, why did you get our client involved with this script about chronic pain? It's so, I got one of those calls, too, where you think you're in trouble. <laughs> right. And it turns out, because you're not used to the other kind of call. No. Hi, this is so-and-so from so-and-so's Oh, office. fuck, what did I do? Yeah, oh. Yeah, I have a story about that. <laughs> I want to hear it. Okay, I'll share it with you. Okay. I uh, There's a thing called the Writers Guild Access Program. And it's a program for mid-level writers who have done some stuff but aren't connected, don't know showrunners that well, or that need the next step. Right. And there's a, you know, I can, it's a diversity thing. So because I'm gay, I'm, I can apply. And so I worked, uh, I have a new draft of my book, Misadventures in the 213, a Which fresh one. Thank I you very much. Book. I have it figured out for TV now. I've got a, a, for years I didn't have, like, I get it now. This is what it is. So I have a script that I really oh, worked hard on and I really believe in. So I submitted that. And if you get into this, they introduce you to people and it's great. And, um, so I got a call. I had submitted it in. I got a call. I was getting a, um, a CAT scan on my sinuses because I'd been really sick, and I really thought I was going to die. So I uh-huh. get a call in the CAT scan office, and they're like, um, this is so-and-so from the Writers Guild thing. We have a question about your submission. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I'm laying there about to die. So I call them back, leave a message. My friend James happens to be in town. Um, he's from London, and he's a f- uh, film critic and broadcaster over there. And he's, he's having um, coffee at the Soho house. And it's right near where my thing is. So I'm like, I'm going to walk down and see him. And that way I can jump off the building if I start to feel too sick. Because I really didn't feel good. Amongst beautiful people. You can yeah, have I could just take a suicide. dive. So, you know, you know, you wrote it. Um, so I'm like, I tell him, I'm like, I'm really sick. I don't feel good. This is what's been going on. I'm expecting this call. I'm afraid it's going to be bad news. And... Just, you know, I, I got him up to speed. And then the phone rang. And you're not supposed to take calls there. But I'm like, he, she, he's like, I saw that girl take one. So just, so I snuck around the corner. I said, hello. And they said, this is so-and-so from the Gills Actus program. And um, uh, they're, one of our judges on our panel really responded to your script and wants to reach out to you. Do you mind if I give them your information? And I was like, let me think for a second. And I was like, no, please give him. She goes, we can't promise anything will happen. And I'm like, no, I get it. I'm thrilled. You just yeah. made my day. I, um, I have a PhD in disappointment. This yes, is great. This, just, is, this just, is fantastic. Thank you. Oh, that's and, so funny. And so I went back to him and I told him and she told me, the, they told me the name of the person. I don't know if I should say it here in case nothing ever happens and right. it's weird. But it was somebody that I responded to to work and it feel, and I, they haven't called yet, but right. it's been the holidays that's, and 
they might, you know. Right. But the cool thing about that is they know that you need help. Right. Because of the, it's like a screenwriting contest. They right. know. Right. They're not like, it's not like you met at a bar and you're trying to get them to read your script right. or whatever. They know the deal. Right. And it's a similar thing is they responded to what's on the page. They didn't know who wrote it. You yeah. take your name off it. It's the same kind of thing. And it's so heartening because you feel like when this call comes, knock on wood, right. then that, that, that you're set up for some kind of, um, you know, forward momentum. Yeah. I mean, so, I had the same moment when Daniel called it and when he said, oh, what's happening with the script? I'm like, what? I mean, you're acting like I'm, you know, taking meetings with you know, yeah. CAA or, I mean, I don't know. It was, it yeah. was a funny thing. Like, and, and they act like, well, there's no reason you shouldn't be. Right. And you're like. Oh, I had another thing where somebody recently was, it was connected that they liked my book Mm -hmm. and it was somebody well-known ish. And I, and I was finally connected and I reached out to them and I said, I have a script for it. And he's like, I, I've been admiring you from afar for years. From afar? I've been right here for 10 years. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to pay you a hundred dollars at the end of this for therapy. (laughs) But I, that's – when they told that story, I'm like, I want to reach out to that guy because oh, well, your story is so heartening for people that are that are doing the work and not getting in the room or something. Right. And I think I would just say, you know, it's funny. I had a meeting with someone and they, they, were, a, they were a TV development person. And so we had a great meeting and later she said um, – she talked about a friend of hers who was like in her 40s. And was starting to write, and she was like, "I'm going to tell her your story. I think it's really inspirational." I'm like, "I get it is. I mean, it, it, and the thing is, if you quit writing, then you definitely it won't happen. Yeah, like, that's the only definite." Um, you, I, I also want to talk a little bit more about screenwriting competitions because you entered all of them. Oh yeah, because there are some that are like you kind of heard of them before, right. and your strategy was all of them. And the one you mentioned isn't one that I know of. So, Cinestory, if you know, it's uh, Cinestory.org. They now it's a ten thousand dollar first prize. Holy shit! And they they hook you up with mentors, so they have people working in the industry that if that, you win, if you win, and even if you're a, like a, a finalist, you can attend this. They have a retreat up at Idlewild, and um, you get to meet all these people that are in the industry and ask them questions. That was amazingly helpful. But so you did that. I did that, and I had already talked to Daniel, so I felt I felt a little like I was double dipping. You know, I'd already had the thing done. With yeah, Daniel, part of it was, is just getting in the room and getting them to see you yeah. as a as yeah as a person that can do it. Yeah, and it's in you know, and it's funny because I found the same blocks when I was trying to get into publishing, which yeah. you probably understand too. It's as hard as Hollywood now. I mean, to get an agent, and you can't just approach publishers. You know, nobody's going to read your stuff. That's how I got my first book deal. Just send it to it. No, here's what happened. Um, I'd been writing the column Misadventures in the 213 for Detour Magazine. I had seen an article in Out Magazine about Rob Weisbach, who was noteworthy because at that time he became the youngest person in publishing to have his own imprint, Rob Weisbach Books. So he was young, he was gay, and he was was like, I look forward to finding new voices, whatever. So I sent him an, a letter saying, congrats on your thing. I read about it and out. I've been writing this column. I think there might be a book in there, whatever. He called me like two days later because he, he knew of Detour. I, and I think his assistant was a fan of the column. Like oh, there was great. something like that. But everything I've gotten, I got myself. Right. No rep has ever gotten me anything. Oh, that's interesting. But yeah. yeah. But I think, but now publishing is a whole different game. Yeah. And I don't even know how to begin to it's, think about it. It's, I think, the same the same barriers. I mean, the same, like, you know, getting people's attention. There's so many writers. It's yeah. just like you get lost. Um, but yeah, the competitions, I, I literally, I, so I went on with out of box. Yeah. Yeah. And signed up and every alert they had for a screenwriting contest, I would enter and they're not cheap. No. Like they're 50, 60. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I'm going to enter every one of them. And I would say if they have like a PO box in El Paso, it's probably not one to enter. Right. And, and really my, what I learned is just to go online, see if there's some presence online. If they don't really have one, it's probably not. Right. Um, it's not worth your it's thing. It's not worth your How time. How many do you think you entered? Oh, God. Probably 60 or 70. Wow. Yeah. Did you did you do well in any others? Or did so, you just the big one that you won? I started entering, and then I was still revising. So about a year and a half ago... Well, so two years ago, I was a semifinalist for the uh, Zoetrope. Right. Which is a good contest. Good one. And that was when I was like, okay, I think I'm on to something. 
And then every contest after that, I got more selective. And then I was just like a semifinalist or a finalist. And then... Could you see where your ranking in the, in the contest improved with different drafts? Yes. Okay, that's good. Yeah. That's heartening, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and then, so last year I won two contests. One was um, the Nantucket Festival has a, a screenwriting competition. It's an excellent contest. You get a lot of exposure. And they put you up for a month in Nantucket to oh, write. Oh, shit! At one of the Johnson & Johnson estates. So oh, my God. Yeah. So and there's... You, you have a cook. All the Q-tips you could dream of, right? <laughs> all, yeah. All the bit, no tears shampoo you want. Oh, it's, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, it was incredible. We had a cook. Well, plus, just places where you get to go and feel like a writer and yeah. talk to other people. and Yeah. It was, it was great. And they oh. would bring in every weekend. Um, producers from New York would come in and just sit around, eat, drink, eat... They'd read your script. They'd talk about it. Um, that was an amazing contest. So, that is incredible. Yeah. So talk about the inspiration for the original story. Was it somebody that you had... Did you know somebody that was in a similar situation? Or I So when I lived... I lived in Stockholm, Sweden in 2002 for about a year. And my best friend there was a priest. And in Sweden, being a priest is like a government job. So right. he... Part of his duties were to... Was to run a support group for women with chronic pain. And we would have coffee and he would tell me these stories, just how amazing and supportive and inspirational. And one day I have a really sick sense of humor. So I was thinking, what if there was a woman in the group who was just a total bitch right. and you don't know why. And she's just like, really like, you know, bursting everybody's bubble. Right. She's not in the kumbaya mode. Yeah. And it made me laugh and I thought about her. And then a few days later, it just, the character didn't leave my head. So, I mean, I think as a writer, you understand like, you get your inspiration, it sticks, and then you decide, okay, I'm going to write this. Mm-hmm. So I sat down, wrote the support group scene, and then it just kind of came from there. Just, you know, it was like, well, what's her story? Why right. is she this way? Well, also, it's a, it's a thing that so many people probably struggle with, but there's not a, there's a bunch of movies about alcoholism. There's a bunch of movies about drug abuse or whatever. This right. is something else. Yeah. Have you had any reaction from that community or Absolutely. have you had screenings? What has that been like? So I, so from the short story and then definitely when they announced the movie, I've gotten several emails from people. And in fact, there's a young man here in LA who has chronic pain, who's a a manager and he, he got the script and read it and he, we had a lovely lunch and he is in chronic, like a six level pain all the time. Oh my God. I can't even imagine that. Well, I had a, I have a cervical fusion in my neck. So I went through a period where I had nerve pain that wouldn't go away. Oh my God. And it, it was a few months. Right. But by the time I got the surgery, I was ready to run into that scalpel. Like, I, it, and that was a few months. I, right. It's, it's incredible. Well, it just, it, you know, it takes over your whole life. You can't, I mean, I just, I've had, you know, I have a bad back and occasionally I'll be in, you know, horrible pain, but yeah. not, you know, like maybe a six or a seven, but it goes away after a few days. Right. To be that way all your time is just, you know, unbelievable. But the response I've gotten has been really, really good. And I think there's so many people that have this problem because yeah. we don't see them. They're, you know, if they have chronic pain that bad, they're not out no. interacting with, you know, the public. They're, no. they're holed up and they're, they're trying to find a position that a doesn't Perset, hurt. Percocet, yeah. Know, just... Hiding pills behind paintings in the wall. Not to, <laughs> right. no spoiler alert. Now, what was it like when they called and said, Jennifer Aniston's in? So I, I'll tell the story honestly. So we were... I was having dinner over at a friend's house and we, we'd had like a few glasses of wine. So I was a little tipsy. Right. And I saw Daniel was calling and I, I went outside and he said, are you sitting down? And I said, okay, is she doing it? And he said, she is. And I was just like, I was screaming. And then I was like, okay, am I drunk and hallucinating this? Is it? I just love that you had friends to tell right there. So I went back in. It was a big, it was crowded. It was like our best friends. We live in Long Beach. Right. And um, I just said, Jennifer's doing it. And everybody screamed. And, and they was, all knew that they knew that, gone, she, that was, she was considering she was, it. Yeah. So what surprised you about her as you got to work with her and, and know her? Uh, she just, from the first day of shooting, um, she just threw herself into it. I mean, and, and I think when you see it, you see the result of that. Yeah. But she just, she did a lot of research and her, her notes, um, when we were doing revisions, were so smart. Um, they were really specific character notes that made a lot of sense. So that was, I think, I didn't know what to expect from mm-hmm. a star, but I was, I don't know if I was expecting, you know, that level of just um, 
really focused. And, and then smart there, there weren't notes about like I want to have a long speech. or I'm looking for an Oscar clip. There were notes that were really sort of no, the story in the really, character. really good notes. Um, in fact, I'll just give an example. Yeah, so I was going to ask you. She um, there's a scene where she and Sam Worthington are in the cemetery and right. they're seeing um, Anna Kendrick's headstone for the first time. Right. And I think I had like a glib, funny line in the script. She mentioned something about the headstone, but. So Jen came back and she said, well, you know, the previous scene, I've just had an encounter with her and she's tried to kill me by drowning me. Mm-hmm. I would be responding to her with that knowledge. Like it, and it made yeah. perfect sense. Like yeah. I hadn't written it that way. Right. Because um, Anna Kendrick, can we say a little about yeah, what Anna, Anna Kendrick plays the woman from the support group that killed herself. So when she appears, it's sort of halluc- hallucinatory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she's great too in the movie, yeah. Anna. And she's fun. Fun, I bet. Yeah. Well, her tweet, her tweets alone are fun. Did she? Was she? Did she ever tweet about the movie? Or she did. Like I think her first day of shooting, they yeah. the producers would leave cakes in everybody's yeah. dressing room, and she tweeted that you know she was going to do you know movies only with with sweets. cake. Yeah, it was nice. And you fun. have to see the movie to understand yeah. why cake is significant. Yes. Um, I also loved the way things unfolded because you didn't see everything coming, and yet it made sense. You didn't know why people were doing certain things, and then you did. And oh, I just liked the way it was so satisfying because it it rewarded your curiosity and your intelligence. Well, um, you. The last shot of the movie is a marvel, and I don't want to say what happens, but um, talk a little bit about was that your idea? Did it take a lot of time to to get it right? Uh, because it's it's a combination of performance right. and technical stuff, and it's just. You know, I was seeing it with Glenn, and, and it was kind of like, how does this movie? How's this movie going to end? Because she can't run off into the sunset happily after hour. You right. know what I mean? She's, right. There's not an operation or whatever. Like, how is this movie going to end? And then when that happened, it was like, <gasps> it, it took my breath away. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you. I would love to take credit for it, but um, Do. I will give it to go Daniel. for it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so we there were a couple of different endings, and we were we were playing around with it. And one day, Daniel just came up with the idea for the end and it immediately felt right. Yes. Like that was, that was exactly what you needed. And I think the, the other endings were a little more like, were a little more on the nose and, you know, driving off in the sunset. I mean, it it wasn't that, but it was kind of like that. So he, they spent a lot of time because it was very, very tricky. You know I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't want to give it away, but um, it did take some coordinating with, with the DP who, um, who's Rachel Morrison. She's great. She's amazing. I love the way this movie looks. in life. Like really? she's like a model, which makes me kind of hate her, but that's hot. <laughs> that's so cool. And she, she shot Fruitvale station. And oh, fantastic. Yeah. She's really good. I love the woman who plays the housekeeper. Adriana. Adriana. And I was like, this woman needs like awards attention. And I turned out she's already been nominated for Babel. She, and she was great in that movie. Yeah. She? she was fantastic. Um, Adriana is Honestly, one of the nicest people I've ever met. We, I saw on your um, Facebook you posted something about her. Yes. So I, I found out in, at the Toronto Film Festival that she originally had um, went to university to study chemistry. And it was her dad who made her do that. She wanted to be an actress, but her dad said, you know, no daughter of mine is going to be an actress. So she went, got a degree, and worked in a lab for like two or three years. And was miserable. And at the end, you know, finally she just said, I'm going to go audition for this soap opera. Got on a soap opera. And then within like a year was a huge star in Mexico. Like she, she, Adriana is a big deal in Mexico. Wow. And she should be a bigger deal here. I mean, she's a big deal here, but I feel like she's just amazing. She's so good in the movie. It's so great. And I love, there's a scene where, I don't know if I should, she says everything... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that you want her to say. You want her to have this confrontation right. with her, but because it's Spanish, uh, Claire doesn't get half of it. She, right. So it's you get to have it both ways, which is you get to have the catharsis of that re- revelation, but you don't get the hug it out, come to Jesus, I hear you moment. Right. There's like a, it's brilliant. All, there's so many choices like that. Uh, a Carpenter's reference. <laughs> I love the a story, Carpenter's. I know, we couldn't use it. Yeah, it was Richard. in the... Richard. Yes, Really, you wanted it to be in the movie. Well, they looked into it, and I think, I think Richard has a, a runs a tight, tight, tight operation. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's in the short story, and it's not in the. Yeah, in the movie. And, and and it's fine actually. We um, they were 
they were going to try to do the Carpenters. It didn't work. And then Billy Joel was available. Yes. And that yeah. actually, I think, is funnier in some ways. Like, the scene it's where she's great. Yes. singing along yes. to, to Honesty. Um, Chris Messina is in the movie. Oh. He's kind of maybe my number one celebrity crush right now. And here's why. Because he's a really good actor, and he's good in comedy, and he's good on in whatever he does. And he's kind of wears tight shirts sometimes. But then he dances, and he does stuff that he, you're like, he moves good. Right. Like, he's just... Like, you think he's going to be, like, a stiff... No, and he's, like, he's got a, like, a... I don't know, like, a little gay in him or something. I love him. He, the day he... So, he shot his scene in one day. Yeah. He showed up, and literally every straight woman and gay man on the crew... Oh, yeah. ...was, like, it, it was, like, Christmas. Wow, yeah. are you wearing bronzer today? What's going on? It's <laughs> yeah, that it day. Like, wow. Like, Wait. That's your... That shirt's... Yeah. And it, yeah, and then the scene he's like wearing this like white button down like conservative shirt with a tie, and you're just yeah. like, okay, I think that's the sexiest look I've ever seen. Like, right, you know, exactly. And all the, like, you're seeing women on the crew that have never shown up on the set. Yeah. Suddenly there, and you're like, yeah. you're like the third assistant costumer. <laughs> what are you doing here? Like, yeah. you know, eagerly. Um, but he, yeah, he's just amazingly nice. And and I think um, Sam, you know, the, Sam like, Worthington he's is great. terrific. And he gets to use his, his natural accent, which yeah. is devastatingly. Sexy. Oh, sexy. Just, yeah. yeah. And then Felicity Huffman. Who's funny. So the moment from yes to you're on the set, was there, were you constantly going, what's happening? Is this my life? The whole thing, it happened really quickly. You know, we, so Daniel and I were together. We did a rewrite. It went out. It got, you know, slowly it made its way to Jen. She said yes after the new year. They announced it. And then we were shooting in April. Yeah. So there was never a moment... I felt like we're, I think most writers or screenwriters, you, you, you spend maybe years trying to get something. Waiting. production, waiting. The money falls through, whatever. Somebody has to do something else. Yeah. And just everything aligned perfectly. Right. And we were not going to shoot until October, and it just turned out that Jen was available in April. So we shot sooner than we were. We weren't going to go for Toronto. During the summer, they said, you know what? I think we're ready for Toronto. Let's enter. And you were in the festival. And then we were in the festival. And and then I think after, and then it's like, oh, this could be, this should be in the award show conversation. Was that like, oh, fuck, let's start the screenings, call your friends. Because I feel like just as a, an observer, it felt like they got a little bit of a late jump on that I think thing. they did, yeah. I think the whole, it was a little And I'm worried bit... sick about it, frankly. <laughs> oh. Well, I hope, I think, you know, they've, the PR people are great. And I think they've done this before. So I feel like. You know, certainly in the last couple of weeks, I feel like it's it's now people are talking about it. Right. Whereas before, I think nobody knew about it. Right. Like, it, it came was, out of nowhere. Yeah. Only was, because of the timing of everything. It yeah. Wasn't I think like, it happened so quickly. There was yeah, not. No one dropped the ball. It was just like, yeah. oh, it's like a runaway train in a it way. It was. It was definitely. And I think, you know, I think they made the decision just, you know, everybody's response to her performance. And she should go after the nomination. I mean, in, in a, I mean, I, I think she will get one, but I, you know. I don't want to jinx it. I think she should too, and I think Adriana should too. I know the screenwriting. I like. I just loved it. I loved oh, it. I loved you. it. Um, what uh, What's it been like now? Like setting up this interview, you had a couple meetings. You have yeah. a lunch. What is it like to be that guy? Um, it's when you walk in there and they want to talk to you. Well, I think what's funny is you know. I bet you get bo- bottles of water up the ass. I've gotten coffee. <gasps> You've gotten coffee. Coffee. Um, you know, it's funny. I go in and I don't know what they're expecting, but I right. don't think they're expecting someone who's 50. So right. it, there's always initially a little bit of a, like... But you're youthful. Oh, well, you, I, I have a... Yeah. Yeah. I try to, you know, yeah. be spry in my... Right. So there's always that moment, but then, you know, and initially I was a little worried about it. Like, oh, you know, you feel like all screenwriters are, I think, 28. Like, I feel right. like that. But I think with writing, no one really cares. I think the... The myth that, I mean, I think certain things are youthful, youth driven, but the kind of movies I want to write aren't, right. you know, it's not, I don't want to write Thor, I don't want to write, right. know, I mean, so I just start, stopped feeling bad about my age because I can't change it. Yeah. And just went in and enjoyed it. And I feel like I've met some amazing people just, you know, I think if I were younger, I would, I don't know how I would handle it. Now I just feel like, oh, I'm meeting people. A lot of them are doing really interesting work. Um, I think as you get older, you realize that it's kind of a crapshoot sometimes and, and to enjoy everything that's good and, right. and, and appreciate it and, and appreciate it. And, and 
don't beat yourself up because, oh, if I had only said this one thing, they were right. going to make it. Or I don't know. I think it, it, there's you're humbled by all of it and the ups and downs of it, and you can appreciate it. Well, and I think you just see that it there was no game plan for this to happen. Yeah. Like, I think in my when I was younger, in my 20s, trying to make it happen, I felt like I needed a strategy, and I needed to go mingle and schmooze and network. And that would have probably helped. <laughs> but I think... I, it didn't happen. Yeah. And then when I just sort of relaxed and enjoyed it, it happened. What are the meetings like? Do they want to, are they talking to you about projects that they have? Do they want to hear what you're up to? Are they sort of getting to know you meetings? There's like, it, there's a lot of generals, which just people yeah. have read the script and they want to meet and, right. you know, see what, and generally, you know, I find that if you go in and you sort of listen to what they're doing, yeah. if there's a few things you're interested in or books, I would say if you're writing, I wish I had done this is, you know, have more either books or stories or articles that you control yourself. You know, I think going for assignments is great, but I think it's, a, you know, you're at the mercy of someone else. I wish right. I had more material that was my own. Or, right. You know. Are there other short stories that you would adapt? Ben, ben and Daniel and I are adapting one of my others. Which stories. one? Um, is that on, is on your website? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, it has a really pretentious title. They, they should. I mean, that's <laughs> my least bullshit. favorite thing about Birdman, which I really love, by the way, is that bullshit parenthesis title thing. Yeah, it's like... Huh. You know who's the king of that? Tony Kushner. I hate when something's called blank or blank. I One of my favorite playwrights <laughs> is Justin Tanner. Do you know who he I is? I love... Right? Oh, my God. And his what shows zombie? are called, like, Zombie Attack, right. Hot Mom. You right. get it. Right. You know, Intervention. Oh, he's uh, brilliant. Heartbreak Help. But there, yeah. no nothing's ever semicolon or... Change yeah. or a tale homebody <laughs> colon like no, a ta- angels in America the millennia perestroika you know what that's such bullshit I do- yeah I mean I he's genius I get it but we love you Tony we but just I, that I, I that I just don't like those titles that yeah. say that they scream at you yeah. I'm serious but people take them more seriously right. it works yeah look what I'm talking about anyways so this. This one is called Histeron Proteron, which is Latin for basically confusing the order of things. Like it's I already genius. It's genius. <laughs> I'm on board. You know, genius. Great. All right. I so, literally went in Google and said, what is Latin for? Yeah. Before? It's got a cool name. Yeah. It's got a cool ring to it. And um, you have a website with some photographs that you've taken yeah. and also some of your stories and, and musings. Stories and, and essays. Yeah. And just ramblings about... Um, about Tracy Partridge. You did a whole <laughs> entry on Tracy Partridge. I do you did a whole podcast. My... Yes, I do a podcast with Jim Fall. Do you know oh, Jim my... Fall? Yeah, director? I do. So I finish it up. I'm leaving his house and I see he has every Partridge Family 8 track, some that I don't even know exists. So I'm like, we're going to have to do an extra podcast. And we did like 30 minutes just talking about Partridge Families and 8 tracks and stuff. But you're obsessed with Tracy Partridge because. She's so untalented. I mean, as an actress, and literally, they. They could never give her two things to do at the same time. Well, borderline... Yes, say it. Special needs. We often wondered. Yeah. I mean, she always... Yeah, it would be like, there'd be an episode, and let's say they're all playing a game, which right. was death for Tracy. Like, yeah. she had to play a game and respond to, right. like, some other character. And you can always see her late reaction. It is like autism or something. Yeah. I don't know. So. She's on the scale. You know who was... I watched the pilot not long ago. The pilot, Danny Bonaducci was brilliant. Oh, he's a genius. He's genius. And you see the writers, like... Oh, we're going to give him everything. Him and Ruben. Ruben, they're like, it should have been a show about that. Yeah. And I also love the pilot because it looked like it was shot... Like, I just remember Shirley Jones barreling down the 405 in that bus, you know? Like, it just felt very guerrilla, like... I don't well, know. It, and it was such a cheap show because anytime they went on, on the road, it was that same patch of like Mulholland. Yeah. That could, it was supposed to be like Arizona and yeah. Northern California. Like, and it didn't matter. I love that show. And I had a crush on Tracy. I wanted to be Chris and I wanted to, I guess, have Tracy as my girlfriend. I remember sort of confessing that to my sister once. Oh, interesting. That I liked her. But yeah. So your website name is? It's patricktobin.net. Right on. The dot com is a Frank Sinatra impersonator. Or, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, did he have it first? He did. It, it, it was, you know, at patricktobin.com, it yeah. came up available, and I was lazy, I forgot, and he got it. Oh, so, well. All right. Next time. You snooze, you lose. I know. Now, um, do you know what your next thing is going to be? Is there something that you're working on now? I know you're developing the thing with Daniel. Um, just, you know, 
Uh, I'm, I'm writing the spec with Ben and Daniel. Great. Um, and I want to get that finished by the end of the holidays. So, um, knock on wood, I think that will be our next project. Love so. it. Have you quit your day job? I did. What did that feel like? It was great. My, they were so excited. I worked at a, a engineering firm in Orange County. Yeah. Um, they, no one was in the business. No one cared. Right. Know? And one day just to go in and say, you know, my movie's getting made with Jennifer Aniston and, uh. You know, like they I were said, really excited. Yeah. And I left on good terms. I, so I didn't so say, you gave you know, them your, 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 your fair notice. Yeah. And have have they been going to screenings? Because I've seen some stuff on your Facebook page about, here's a screening coming up. And- yeah, so a couple of, co- uh, a really good friend of mine, Anne, uh, Anne Durst, a shout out to her. She, I worked with her and we were good friends. And so she went and saw it. And, you know, it's great. It's great to have people from all, all walks of your life see something. I mean, yeah. you probably knew that with testosterone. Yes. Which is yeah, one of our that favorite was, movies. You and your husband love that movie? Oh, we love it. So this is a movie that I co-wrote with the director, David Morton. Um, it came out in 2003. We shot in Argentina. I haven't watched it in years. So I'm very curious to see up. how... Does it? Yeah. But you like it? Yeah, definitely. It's a weird, and you have a cameo in it. I, or you're am I tourists. in it or did I get cut out? You're or am I it. in the bonus features? See, I, I remember shooting it, but I couldn't remember. I think you and someone else played tourists. We're gay you? tourists yes. in the cemetery. Yeah. So we're, I, I, I literally couldn't remember if I'm still in the movie or if it got cut. We shot in Argentina. So David and I worked on that together. And then he um, then we kind of didn't see him for a while. And anyway, we've reconnected recently. And I told him an idea for a play that I had been working on. Over lunch. And then he called me the next day and he said, I can't stop thinking about that. I want to option it. And I said, well, it's not very far developed. What if we do this? What if we break the story together and I write it? And so we've been working on it. And that's where I came from. That's why I'm late. Because we are on fire. We're kind of on fire. Excellent. And um, I texted him after your movie and I said, you have to see Cake because tonally this is the ballpark that I think we want to be in. In terms of like, how do you... How do you have a movie with humor that doesn't, that's about serious things that, how do you balance that? And I, so I sent him, I I was like, you have to watch this movie. So yeah, we're writing again. And so your story is very inspiring. I mean, do, do another movie. Thank you. I love that. That's so exciting. Um, What's the movie that you've seen the most that, that's like your, as when you think of writing, like, like that's been a real inspiration to you. Uh, growing up or just in yeah general? either um i have a you know a really uh really eclectic taste i mean i love like fanny and alexander is one of my favorite yeah. movies um notorious i, I said yeah it. like i've seen it i haven't seen it <laughs> uh, it's, Netflix it's so too. pretentious you know like yeah. oh fanny and alexander you know bergman, bergman yeah you know. um you know i love i mean tv like i i've been watching a lot of tv lately yeah. like getting on i think is brilliant i just watched three episodes of that over the thanksgiving the uh, Nisi Nash is, is so good. Yeah. They're all good, yeah. but she's she's like the calm in the storm of yeah. crazy. She is, definitely. yeah, it's um, really good. I love that. I mean, I love uh, the Returned, the French. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's you a movie. It. It's okay. a TV show called oh. The Returned. It was a French TV series. Love it. Um, it's really great. Nice. Yeah. What's your dream gig? Is it is it kind of the direction you're going now? Like the project you're working on with Danielle? Is that or yeah, would I'm, you like to end up in TV or? I think both. I mean, I yeah. think, you know, it seems like people are doing more of each. Like you right. see people, filmmakers who are doing TV shows and, you know, I think when I was younger, it was more like you're either film or TV. Do you yeah. Know what I mean, I think. Yeah. Now it's a lot more. There's a lot more. Yeah. Across. And so many interesting shows, I think. What's been your most glamorous experience since it started? Toronto? Um, so there was a screening at Soho House. Yes. That, um, oh, shit. A, <laughs> I think that might be, the, I had never that might there. be the name of this podcast. So there was a screening at Soho House. I don't know. Um, so I, I, I hadn't been and you know, you, it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But you get it when you're there. You're like, oh, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Like when you walk in off of the, out of, out of the garage and there's yeah. like the, the gorgeous, you know, like models. Yeah. Like Aaron Spelling cast yeah. the doorman. Yeah. And you go up the elevator and it's a beautiful view and there's yeah. all these celebrities. So there was a, a private screening and a party. And so the party had like Peter Bogdanovich, uh, Brenda Vaccaro was there. Oh my God. She was, uh, I love her as a gay man of a certain age. Like yeah. you have to love Brenda. Yeah, Vaccaro. of course. 
Uh, Rita Wilson was there. She looked fabulous. She seems nice. She's super nice. She seems like one of the nice, normal people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So there was that. And then at a certain point... Did people know who you were? Was there like a... Did they introduce Yeah, I mean, uh, Ben and Daniel have been great about like, you know, just, oh, this is Patrick, the writer. Right. Which, uh, again... But you guys didn't do a QA and a or anything like that? Not at that one, no. And so just um, there in this incredible, you know, environment... And, like, three hours before, I had been doing laundry in Long Beach, you know, right. just, like, getting ready. And I never, ever thought this would happen. I mean, every moment of it is, this is amazing, and I never expected it. So, it's just... It's so delicious, and I'm so happy for you. Well, thanks. How has your husband been reacting to it? He is so great. He's just, like, the rock. Yeah. You know, he... It was funny, in Toronto, um, there was an event we were going to, and I had misheard it, that it was casual. So... Um, I went my normal casual, which was like a Target t-shirt and black jeans that I'd worn a couple of times. And I just thought, oh, it's casual. Like, right. And it turned out it was an in-style dinner <laughs> to honor Jen. <laughs> so, and my husband wore this great vintage, like he looked great. And I just looked like, hey, let's barbecue, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you look, you look like one of the photographers or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even look like one of the yeah. paparazzi. Yeah. I looked like, you know. Yeah. So... After that event, he has been my, you know, stylist. He's right. like, no. I thought you were going to say that he offered to switch with you or something. Oh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you know, he has that sort of, you know, classic stick figure. I'm like this, yeah. you know, Hulk. And after that, he just said, no, you're going to wear this. I want this. I got this. <laughs> um, but he has fun. You know, he came to the set many times. He it must be so fun to have someone to share it with. Yeah, it's really To come great. home from an event or, or to take them along and like, yeah. this is... Yeah, Isn't like this we're having surreal? dinner. We're having dinner sitting across from Jennifer. Yeah. Who's and how hot is Thoreau? Amazing. Yeah. It's a lot to yeah. deal with. Do you like the leftovers? I haven't watched it, but I have seen the I really love it. the sweatpants <laughs> moments. Yeah. Yeah. He and they're just both really nice people. Yeah. But you're there and these celebrities that are huge. Right. And Joe's there. You know, that's like you get to look over at each other and go, This is Freaking inc- yeah. incredible. Well, one of the things that's interesting about it is, because this is the part of the theme of the story that I'm working on with David. He, it's about a writer. and um, They're all there because of you. As much <laughs> as you feel like an outsider right. and whatever, right. you're all there because of you and what came out of your head when there was a, you and a blank piece of paper. Right. And as much as you feel like, what am I doing here? Yeah. It's interesting to kind of take that step back. I'm, I'm, putting the, I'm reminding you of that in case you forget. No, and but the amazing thing is that they they never forget. I mean, Jennifer yeah. has been very Jen Jennifer. Um, she's been really incredibly gracious about acknowledging the script. Yeah, and that doesn't happen. I mean, she doesn't have to do that. Well, I bet if you're Jennifer Aniston, you read a million scripts, and not that many of them speak to you like that. And right. so when one does, it feels like, oh, I, I. And she's so good. She gets to use all her stuff. Yeah, she gets to be funny. She gets to be. Yeah, just incredibly sad, incredibly... Um, there's just so many great, great moments. And were you on the set much? Or yeah. were you there the whole time? I was there probably 60% of the time. Because I was still working. Yeah. And so it was... So you were still on your day job. Yeah. So I was juggling that and... So you'd be at work and they would say... And they would call and say, we shot this today or here's... Yeah. I would get the... Yeah, I'd get the call sheet and I would yeah. figure out, is it something I can do? And yeah. And I would... I would go. Yeah. I tried to go whenever there was an actor, a new actor showing up. There was a scene set on an overpass in the middle of L.A. craziness. Yes. How did you guys shoot that? They, so the the original script, it was actually this uh, Vincent Thomas Bridge. Yeah. Which early on the producer said. I don't know where that is. Long Beach. Okay. It's like the bridge that goes from San Pedro to Long Beach. Yeah, the blue one. And um, she was supposed to jump off of that and end up on a um, carrier ship. Yeah. Not Jen. Another character. Yeah. And... The producer said, okay, that's going to be like a million dollars, so yeah. we'll have to think of something else. And again, just talking to, to Ben and Daniel, we came up with a freeway, which is more organic to the story. It yeah. works much better. So they got permission to close the 105 HOV lane. It was very dangerous, and actually... It that seemed day, dangerous. That, so look at it. They had to have like a lot of crew, like, yeah. you know, L.A. County Were you there? I didn't go because actually they said, you know, we have to keep it... Fewer normal, people. Fewer yeah. people. And, but you watch it, and it's beautiful. It's, yeah. It's, if you drive in LA, you immediately go, "Oh my God, I know that." It, and it looked beautiful, it but does. it felt real. That's the amazing thing of the movie yeah. is it never. 
It doesn't feel like some false. It just, but it's the angles and the colors and the lights and all that stuff. Well, you know, Daniel does this interesting thing on all of his movies. He has a weekend before production, about a week, month out, and he invites all the department heads, including me, the writer, and the other producers. And just for two days, you just talk about the the story and the movie, and no one's. You don't talk about just your area. Like you can go, hey, I saw this picture, and people bring photos, swatches. Where are clips, where are these and meetings? It's at? at Daniel's house. Oh, nice. And who? What kind of snacks? Okay, so Ben is one of the best bakers I've ever met. He had like home baked breads yeah. and muffins. I love it. That's and, amazing. And it was just a really, it was a great environment. And all the like the DP Rachel was there, the production designer, the you know. Um, wardrobe, all the head department heads, and just talking about the movie and how it would look. And from that weekend, I can definitely see how the movie evolved out of that. Like, everybody sort of got in this one group. And I think it was important for them to really show L.A. in a certain realistic... Because a lot of L.A. movies just... I don't know how you feel like... No, I liked... It's funny. I just watched Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce on Bravo, and it's set in L.A. And it it bugged me because... It's like, ugh, 310 problems. Like, rich, white, da-da-da-da. And your movie could have been that, and it isn't that. Oh. And I don't know if it's the way it looks, or if it's the neighborhood, or if it's the performances, or whatever. It's not that at all. But it, it could have pushed those same buttons. Right. And it didn't with me. Um, I often feel like I watch L.A. in movies or TV shows, and I'm like, that's not the L.A. I know. Yeah. Six Feet Under was the first thing, thing I think I saw that I said, Oh, that feels LA. like L.A. That feels like my L.A. Let me check my notes. I, I You were on the blacklist, which is a... Uh, Which a is not a bad of, thing. No, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a it's a list of like the top whatever unproduced screenplays that right. sort of put together independently. What did that mean to you? That was a huge honor, and really, I was kind of late in the game because what they do is um, executives in town vote, yeah. and it's their favorite unproduced scripts from the previous year. So, so you are, must have already won the screenwriting. I had one in the summer, and then really it didn't go out to people till probably October okay. in the industry. So it got enough attention to get on the list. Yeah, you is, can't get on the blacklist if people aren't sending your script around. Right. It's not, okay, And cool. it truly is. I mean, it's just people sharing and saying, you've got to read this. Yeah. Um, Did it open doors for you specifically, just being on the yeah, blacklist? Yeah, there was a lot of, yeah. that generated a lot of, um, a lot of meetings, I think. That's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's so weird. How would you describe this time in your life right now? Incredible. Just absolutely um, unexpected joy. Like, it's like a treat. You know, somebody uh, somebody came and, you know, granted this wish and just said, enjoy it. You know? But there must have been something in you that kept entering every one of those contests. In other words, it's kind of like, I never expected this, or I, but you must have believed in it. I did. I always, I thought it was a good story. Yeah. And so, yes. And I think I was just entering, hoping maybe there was a little yeah. bit of hope. Well, but, and if you've written it, what are you going to, what's the next step? And right. if you don't know a lot of people, that's a step that right. you can do it. Right. You can enter that. I can push that button and send that, right. you know, pay Yeah. Thing. And it's like, yeah, 40, 50 bucks. Yeah. Just, Shit. I know. Did you ever tabulate how much you spent on screen? I don't contest? want to. Okay. No, don't the, do it. The, um, I love this movie so much. Everyone oh, needs to go you, see Dennis. cake. When does it come out? What's the strategy? I believe it's the middle of January. Yeah. It'll open. And um, actually, someone in Long Beach, a friend, saw a poster at one of the local theaters. So so that's coming. It's coming. It's great. Yeah. Um, last question. Why do you write? I have to. I just, I love it. I love everything about writing. I'm not one of those people that's like, it's a torture to sit down. I love it. Because it's, for me, it's the only time where it's just me. I mean, this sounds selfish, but it's like, I can do anything I want when I'm writing. So yeah. I keep hitting here. That's okay. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but it's just like, I, it's me. I can create anything I want to. I can do anything I want to. I mean, it'll, it changes if somebody's paying you to do something. Yes. But that moment where it's just you and the computer and you just sit down and it's like, you can do anything you want to. It's amazing. I, I struggle, I, I think sometimes with, um, discipline and things like that. And, but I think I... It helps me figure out what I think about the world. Right. When you have to sort of put things down, it's sort of, you you figure out what you think mm-hmm. about things. Or you figure out what you think is true. And do you find, because you write very funny things. Thank like, you. It's, it, this, and again, it will sound egotistical, but it's like when you make yourself laugh, if there's something really neat about it, like you think, yeah. oh, 
because I have, you know, I have a pretty tough sense of humor. So like, you know, if it's, it's kind of delicious. Yeah. So, well, I hope everybody goes and sees this movie. I hope you're all over Oscar land. I hope you, thank you. I get cool outfits, uh, do all of that stuff. And you're such an inspiration to other writers. It's really, it's really, really exciting and fun. So, um, thank Thank you you. for doing this podcast and everybody go see cake and check out his website, patricktobin.net. Thank you, Dennis. All right. Bye. My thanks again to Patrick Tobin for doing the podcast and for inspiring me and a whole lot of other writers, I'm sure. Um, We're pals now. We actually went to a little screenwriting event together. We're hanging. So I like that. Um, You can read more about uh, his work and actually see some of his short stories and photographs online at his website, which is patricktobin.net. And his short stories are wonderful. So there's something fun to do over the holidays. Um, As long as you're online, go to dennisanyone.net. You can do lots of fun stuff there. You can subscribe to my newsletter, take my poll, all that stuff. And uh, if you want to help me keep this podcast free, there's a tip jar there. You could slip a little money into that. Always helps um, with the expenses of doing the podcast. So thanks again, Patrick, for doing the podcast. And thank you all for listening. We'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye.